This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 020, Daybreaker. Daybreaker is the opening song for side two of Electric Light Orchestra's On the Third Day. It is an instrumental track featuring a number of solos, largely by Richard Tandy, on various keyboards. Jeff Lynn says that I wrote Daybreaker just for Birmingham Town Hall. I felt when we returned there that we had to have a new tune that was powerful. We played it and it was good. I've just finished writing it and it became the new opening song. Daybreaker not only begins side two, but it features the lineup that the band had prior to recording Showdown and prior to recording the first side. Wilf Gibson is still on violin. He was replaced by Mick Kaminsky on the first side of On the Third Day, as well as on the single Showdown. And Colin Walker still remains on cello for this particular piece. The interesting thing about Daybreaker is it was meant to be the flip side of the U.S. version of the single Ma 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 Bell. Rather than just being the flip side, radio DJs flipped it over and played it more than they played the original song in some cases. Although it became very, very popular as its own particular release, it ended up kind of being ignored when it came to compilation albums. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. And here's a little fun fact. The first time I got On the Third Day, or got my hands on On the Third Day, is a friend had bought the box set Three Light Years. And he said, hey, look, cool, isn't it? Would you like to borrow it? And I said, of course I would. So he took it home. And the labels on the records, it doesn't say side one and then on the other side, side two. The label on one side has a picture of the album cover, and on the other side, there's a track listing, and it says, I think it says this side, other side. And since I had never come in contact with On the Third Day at that point, I didn't know which side was side one, so I guessed, and I put it on, and this was the first song that I heard for On the Third Day. And then later I found out, no, I had listened to it in the wrong order. But... (laughs) Daybreaker does sound like it could be the start of just right there at the start of the album on side one. I liked it when I heard it. I've always liked it. It's a fun song, which is nice after what we went through on the real side one of On the Third Day. Sort of like uh, like the jazz songs where everybody gets their own instrument break to show off. 
Sure, it's pretty much a, a Richard Tandy showpiece with him and the synthesizers, but there's a break there for the strings to do their stuff. There's a little tiny break for the rhythm section of Bevan and the Albuquerque to do their stuff too. So it's a fun song, and I've always liked it. Yeah, I actually quite liked it myself. It was what you would expect for the opening of a prog rock album, even if it is on the second side. But since the second side is a bit different than the first side, it, it kind of fits. Yeah. As saying, okay, so we did this on the first side, but we're going to get a bit more into this on the second. Plus, also, I think it was a slightly different lineup on the second side, because the second side, from what I've read, was recorded before the first side. I'd have to look it up. There's an alteration in the string section on the first side. I don't know if it was Mick Kaminsky or one of the cellists. I know it wasn't the cellists that got killed. I know he was on the first side, too. No, I think there is a slight lineup difference here. Yeah, Showdown was the first time that Mick Kaminsky showed up in ELO. And as for the cellist who got killed, this wasn't during ELO's run. This was like 2009, I think. Yeah. And he was killed by a runaway bale of hay, if I'm thinking of the right. Uh, right, a 3,000-pound cylindrical runaway bale of hay coming down a mountain and hit his car, which uh, you can understand. <laughs> That's not a good situation. Yeah, at that time... Not too soon after that, Kelly Groquette died, which must have put Bev Bevan a little unease because things weren't going well for the rhythm section of ELO at that time. Now, one thing I did notice about Daybreaker is not the whole song, but certain parts, especially the part that sounds more like a harpsichord, reminds me of Apollo 100's version of The Ode to Join. Oh, I could see that. I didn't even think of that before, but yeah, I can see that. Which they were doing this contemporaneously with them, so I wouldn't be surprised if there might have been a little bit of a crossover, but it's only that one section in the song. It's not the entire song sounds like it was lifted. Most of it sounds like Jeff Lynn said, okay, you want to play with your synthesizers? <laughs> Here, I wrote a little ditty. Have some fun with it. Go ahead. And uh, they had some fun with it, and they, well, I guess after side one, they wake you up. <laughs> one of the things that, when we started doing this podcast, that I looked forward to was finding out things that I didn't know about ELO. And I've been collecting ELO since, well, it's June 16th, 2018 now, so probably right around 35 years this week, maybe next week, whenever Secret Messages came out. And there's a lot of stuff that I know about ELO, but there's stuff that I don't know. And I thought the fun part of this would be discovering the stuff I didn't know. And this is something I never knew. I didn't know this song got airplay. Other than if, like, a radio station played an album side, or back in the day they used to play whole albums, and sure, this one would get airplay then. But this one got a lot of airplay. So much airplay that this was a B-side, but it sold and played enough that it actually made the charts. It didn't get close to the top 40, but it actually charted. And i totally surprised, because I've never heard it on the radio, and I've never seen it on any Greatest Hits compilation. I mean, it did better in America than 105.38 Overture, and yet, I don't even know if it's been on any compilation. I could be wrong, though. There's been a lot of compilations. I think it has been on a compilation, but yes, you're right. For the most part, they ignored it as being a hit, because it was never meant to be. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Ma 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 Bell. But I guess radio programmers hated that song. And so in the UK, they went, huh, what's this on the back? Oh, no, not Susan. Okay, let's play this. 
Then the U.S. version. Oh, okay. Well, that that song's. The, oh, what's Daybreaker? What is this? Hey, I can put this on to start my show up in the morning while we get all the wacky sounds for the weird wacko wacky show. Hey, kids. Yeah, I'm going to save my commentary until next week about Ma 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 Bell, but it does surprise me that it wouldn't have been a radio hit because it's a stone cold rocker. So, again, this is another ELO song that's in that porn movie, Ecstasy yes. and Blue. Um, I haven't watched it. I did skim through it, and it turns out that the trailer that sold me the plot that this is about a lady who enjoys strange men coming up to her and doing strange things against her will. That's not the plot at all. I guess from what I gleaned from skimming through it, uh, it's there's a guy who runs like a sex cult, and that woman telling him her fantasy about strange men was meant to turn the guy on. And the guy was like, ah, it's not doing for me. Be gone. Go away. Find me a naughtier woman. I'm thinking at some point, I'm probably going to watch it anyway. I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want it to taint the ELO songs that are in it. You didn't want to see a taint while an ELO song was playing? Mm-hmm. Okay. But since it's in my head, I know it's out there. I know that I've seen the track listing for the soundtrack. At this point, it doesn't matter. So for the show, <laughs> I will probably, and my own curiosity, I will at some point probably watch it and let you know let me know how annie sprinkles does in that one <laughs> yeah I'll, maybe i'll do a six minute critic review of it and will be a special episode for our patreon page that people can pay a few extra bucks to hear yeah well i remember for review purposes you did watch debbie does dallas <laughs> i did i did and i was sorry that i saw that and there's also another way this elo association with the porn ruins it for me when I first heard this song in November 1984, my grandma was in town for a visit for a couple weeks. So when I hear Daybreaker, one of the memories that comes up is of my grandma. So now, one song I can't help but associate with my grandma, and now mid-70s low-grade porn. Thank you, Ecstasy and Blue, for <laughs> linking my grandma to porn. I just makes me sick to my stomach. Got something to say about Daybreaker? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375 Call now! Was it a hit or was it... Daybreaker was released as the B-side of Ma 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 Bell in the United States in February 1974. However, the B-side got more airplay. So much airplay that it made the charts. It reached number 57 in Canada, and in America it hit number 87 on Billboard and peaked at number 61 on Cashbox. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I loved it. 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 Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Bye-bye! Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast 
is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. Contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group. You can financially support the podcast by going to podomatic.com slash podcasts slash lntcs and click on the PayPal button. Next week, episode 021, Ma 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 Bell. Done, Eric.